All right, people, welcome to the podcast. This is Vantage Point. I'm your host, Jay. I'm Lewis. All right. Uh, so this is going to be a new podcast, something different. Um, basically, what we got is we got two different individuals with two various uh, different vantage points on subjects ranging from politics to sports to fatherhood. And, and we're going to come together and try to have a conversation. You know, we want to include y'all in on the conversation. We'll open it up for... Um, for phone calls and emails. Uh, we'll have some guests later on, but, but we're just gonna get this thing rolling, all right? Let's get it popping. All right, man. All right, so um, all right, we'll start it here. And I guess we'll do the, do the intro. Um, you know, you hit me up, said that you wanted to, you know, explore the idea of a podcast because of, you know, everything that's going on in the world, everything that's happening, and, and it's just like people ain't talking anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, you and I, we talked on Facebook, we've gone back and forth, we expressed, expressed different views and everything, so, um, you know, you asked me to, to join in, and, and, and I appreciate you uh, to reaching out, you know? It's, um, it's something that a lot of people talk about, you know, um, having in, in this time actually opening up a dialogue, but I feel like Facebook kind of just gives you like one-sided stuff and it doesn't really give you like all the information. It doesn't even allow full conversation, you know? So I think this is a good way to start. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what made you like, you know, how'd you get inspired with this? Uh, well, I mean, really just what you talked about, the, the Facebook thing is that, I mean, you can really only, sometimes your words can get con misconstrued when you're on Facebook and, you know, you can't really emphasize something or you might not get your point across correctly. But there's a lot of, you and I talk, and we have a healthy conversation, and I feel like most of America isn't doing that. Mm -hmm. It's more of a, listen to what I say, and while somebody's talking, the other person's not really listening. They're not actively listening. Right. They're thinking of their, their response before they even, the other person finishes what they're saying. Right. And there's a clear divide in this country, and I'm hoping we could shed some light and who knows? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's it. I mean, and, and, you know, I think a lot of this stuff is like, you don't have to necessarily agree with everything, you know, but at least, at least as a conversation is had, you know, you understand their viewpoints. And, and honestly, like sometimes you talk with people and you're like, okay, I see you don't have a viewpoint. <laughs> you just want to talk, you know, and, and, and that's fine. You know, you can move on from that. But, but, if, but a lot of times if you could talk and find that, you know, we have some similar similar viewpoints or, or like, look, this is just where you are. This is where I am. We agree to disagree. But at least at the end of the day, you understand why I'm, why I say what I say and where I am. And this is the reason behind, it, you know, and, and I think that's a good, uh, a good jumping off point at a minimum, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so I say we jump into it. Like our, our, our first topic was uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter. So you, you want to open topic. up with your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I figured, I figured you, you wanted, you wanted to start it. So, I mean, let's, let's start with you and then we'll, we'll go from there. All right, Ben. So here's, here's my, here's my thing with Black Lives Matter. All right. So Black Lives Matter was a movement that was started probably like after the um, Trayvon Martin shootings. And, um, and, and it's, it's grown, it's expanded. It started with a hashtag and it grew out into a full movement. Um, you have protests, you have riots, it's a, a, but, but it's, it's a, it's an amalgamation of, of a lot of stuff, um, but 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 all in all, it's just it, I guess the best way to describe it is just a decentralized movement. But it's a movement to bring awareness to the fact that 
unfortunately, African Americans in this country have been disproportionately um, killed by police, have, have disproportionately been um, uh, assaulted by the police, and, and have, have felt excessive force. And, and we're just trying to, you know, the movement itself, the hashtag, the, the expression is really just trying to get people to understand that, yeah, uh, we understand that, that all lives matter, of course, but right now the focus is Black Lives Matter, where, you know, that, that, that our people have been suffering um, under oppression through years and we're being brutalized by the people that should be protecting us. And we're not necessarily saying that all police are wrong, all police are bad, um, and, and, but, but there needs to be some sort of fundamental shift in how things are, are happening. And part of that shift is just recognizing that there's a problem, you know, and then from there, you know, we move forward and we see if we can, if we can fix something. I think that's where, which will lead into our next topic. But um, the first thing is, is just recognizing that there's, a, that there's an issue. And I think that's where the tag, the movement of Black Lives Matter comes from. Um, the problem that I have with it is that there's a lot of people that just seem to, they, they write off the movement because they hear Black Lives Matter and they don't want to you know, accept that, okay, this is the problem. They just throw it off by saying all lives matter. Well, that's not what we're talking about, you know. Um, and then from there, you know, you, you, you know, you have, then you have other people who just will pinpoint one particular instance or, or these particular people who have done this in the name of Black Lives Matter and say, well, this represents your whole movement. Well, that's not, that's not the case. You know, it, again, it's a decentralized movement, so you can't control every single aspect of it. But just because one person did something bad is not a representation of everybody, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same thing with law enforcement. You'll have some law, there are some law enforcement officers out there that are good cops and you have some bad cops. You have some racist cops, you know? Mm -hmm. And just because you have this one racist cop does not mean that every single cop is racist. You know, just because you have this one guy who's out here, you know, who has done these things and, and has used the tag Black Lives Matter, he is not a representation, he or she is not a representation of the entire movement. Correct. So that, that's where I kind of stand. But one thing that I, I will say, and then I'll throw it off to you, is that, you know, we're looking at, 13, almost 13 years of using the tag Black Lives Matter. And it seems like people are finally accepting what it's actually about, what, what, what's actually um, the movement is about and, and what, they're, what we're trying to gain from that. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's starting to get, you know, accepted and widely um, known, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, but I'll toss it to you. You know, like what, what are your initial thoughts and growing thoughts? Like what do you think about it now? Uh, how you feel? So initially, because uh, it happened 13 years ago, and I was I was a young pup then. <laughs> um, I was naive, as I feel like uh, many Americans are, or could be. I don't want to say many, but there are some, obviously, on both sides of the aisle. And uh, I actually did some research because you know that's what you should do. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like a lot of people don't do. Because right. uh, I I was listening to uh, a YouTube and. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson brought up cognitive dissonance, uh -huh. which, uh, and we talked about earlier, uh -huh. but the uh, Merriam-Webster has it as a psychological conflict resulting from in, in gorgeous, Ingrid, <laughs> in yeah, that's a big word. Okay. <laughs> Beliefs and attitudes held in simultaneously. And then I found one on Facebook that describes it a little better because mm -hmm. uh, I'm not book smart. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see, there it is. Um, so sometimes people hold a core belief that is very strong when they are presented with evidence that works against that belief, the new evidence 
cannot be accepted. It creates a feeling that is extremely uncomfortable called cognitive dissonance. So that's just a broken down um, Barney style for you know, yeah. people like me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like that is, I feel like it's a lot of America right now. Yeah. Whether it be BLM movement, defund the police, uh, mask, which is going to be another topic that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's just people only want to see, they don't, they don't want to see the, I guess the, they don't want the veil lifted, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So that's how it was in the very beginning. I just didn't want to believe it. And I was like, no, there's no way. Cause you know, I was, I was a young, young pup and young cop and mm-hmm. there's no way this is this ridiculous. And right. as time grew on, I started talking to people and, you know, getting some knowledge of myself. I did some research and come to find out that it's, they, there is obviously merit to it. Mm-hmm. It is a very complex issue. It's, mm-hmm. it, I don't, I feel like some people were just kind of bottlenecking it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's the problem. And yeah. also people who aren't doing this, they aren't having a conversation. Yeah. On both ends of the aisle. I mean, yeah. I don't throw it out there. Like definitely even on the BLM side, you got people who, who are just like, you know, initially, like you talk about 13 years ago, how it was. I've talked to people 10, 13 years ago, talk about BLM. And they're like, we need to get rid of all police. I'm like, that's not the answer. You know, no. or they will say all cops are racist. That's not the answer either. No. You know, like you said, it's a nuanced topic, you know, but, but, but yes. yeah, I, I think the cognitive dissonance really, really does hit on people. Yeah. So I think the media, it, as much as it is a, you know, good thing, but it's also, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be left, right, center, I don't really think there's a center <laughs> that does not exist. Uh, but they're all going to push their agenda no matter what. They won't show the good side of BLM on one network, but they won't show the bad side on the other network. Mm-hmm. There has to be a, a give and take. Mm-hmm. It's also the same thing, with, you know, police. It's only what will what will get them ratings right. at the end of the day. But uh, you want to? I can kick it back to you. Because I, I have mean, a bunch of notes. I, I, I agree. I mean, okay, we're talking about the media. Like, you know, the, the, the thing with the media, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, so you got, if there's going to be, for example, the last George Floyd, uh, the biggest, you know, where, where, where BLM has really been brought to the, to the forefront uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even that, and we can come, I'm, I'll come back to that. But like, I think Floyd's death was a, um, in, in a protest following that was a culmination of a lot of things. And it, and it kind of created a perfect storm that, that's where these, where these riots and, and, um, and protests came from. But going back to like the media, it, it, you know, it, it's going to draw ratings if they show the riots. It's not going to draw ratings if you show people on the street during the electric slide uh, protest. Mm-hmm. So like that's going to get a 10 minute sound bite, but you're not going to get the repeats that you are as far as the other stuff. And, and it's like Facebook, I think now has, is, is a gift and a curse because you have people who are in their bubble and will only listen to what's in their bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's becoming a problem. But by yeah. the same token, you also, Facebook also has the ability for people to take these snippets of, you know, black people and white people having a conversation or about um, peaceful protests or whatever, and they can share that to combat the narrative that's, that's in the media. You know, and, and I think it's um, it's incumbent upon all of us to take it all in. You know, watch CNN, watch Fox News, watch, read NPR, 
but also look and see what these what these live videos from downtown. I think um, TikTok. <laughs> so I got addicted to TikTok during uh, during COVID. And oh, damn. Uh, I know, I know. It's, 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 terrible. it's terrible. So aside from all the stupid dance videos and stuff, one thing that TikTok did do, like during the protest, they had, you had these TikTokers out there with their phones recording as it was happening. They were mm -hmm. recording the protests, some recording the riots, but also recording the protests that are, that are going on. And you got to see an, in uh, an inside look of like what's happening, you know, why are these people feeling this rage that they're feeling, you know, and also how are these, how are these people coping with it, like by doing these protests and everything. And, and you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's a heck of a time that we're living in, I, I, I'll say that, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like this has been a long time coming. Obviously, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, and I definitely agree that, that George, George Floyd was the kicking off point to this, this new going on right now. Yeah, it obviously hasn't stopped, but that was uh, there was a lull in the activity, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was. I see people not defending the cop because obviously it doesn't matter who you are. That was egregious. Yeah. At yeah. no point should you. Yeah. Anyway, that's just. <laughs> ooh, um, that's just yeah. Yeah, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah, not George Floyd, the cop. I know. Um, but I mean, it goes back to Rodney King, or even before that, when uh, police brutality. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to. Obviously, there is a clear discretion that black lives and minorities in general are being the subject of uh, force, use of force, more use of force than white people. Mm -hmm. Again, complex issue. Could be many reasons. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a hundred percent. I it can't be a hundred percent just because these cops are racist. Like mm -hmm. it's going to be. Some are obviously racist because racist. It's you know they're still here. Mm -hmm. we, we haven't defeated it. It's it's it'll never be defeated. Yeah. Because unless we start you know painting them with fucking neon neon colors once we find them, they're still going to yeah. be there. Yeah. And education only goes so far. Yeah. Um. It, go, it rolls into the defund police thing and that cops are doing so many jobs and have so many hats and that at the end of the day, and there's also a lack of training. Yeah. And that's very clear. Yeah. I don't want to Monday, Monday morning quarterback these guys. And not, we're not talking about George Floyd because that's a whole, that's, that's not lack of training. That's he's just a piece of shit. Yeah. But I see these videos on YouTube. We see them all the time when we, you know, conduct training and, there's just, I'm not there. I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're going to Monday morning quarterback, there's a clear lack of training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and the thing about it too, especially when, you, when it comes to like looking at these incidents, is that like, it's the approach on how you defend. You know, like I got into a conversation actually with somebody from your department back during when Philando Castile was killed. And, um, and his thing was, that he was trying to make arguments to defend the actions of the police officer that, that killed Philando. And some of the arguments that he was making was like, you know, like, well, he had marijuana in the system. You know, marijuana is known to be a hallucinogen. So, you know, we, he could have done that. And I'm like, okay, all right, all right, stop, all right, stop. First of all, did, the, did, did, did um, I think it was Geronimo, 
uh, I can't remember his last name, but did he know, did the officer know that he had marijuana system at the time? Did he know that he was high? Was Philando high at the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, or did he, did he just smell it on, on, on him? You can't make decisions based, based off of that. But, but, but ultimately what I'm trying to say is that, like, you have these incidents and when you're trying to defend them, it's, it's looking outside of the scope of, was this legal? Was this justified? And actually looking at, did this have to happen? You know, and, and and it's about how you how you police. Like what, when you and you and I both wore the uniform, you know, you currently and I, I worn it. You have to make a decision as a law enforcement officer. It's like, is it my job to punish every single crime out there, or is it my job to prevent crime? You know, yeah. is it my job to 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 influence the community, impact the community? You know, like I, I'm sure there's been number, a number of times where you sat there and you've watched a car speed. And you know that they're speeding. As soon as they saw you, they slowed down. Now, did you pull that person over right then? Or did you do your job just by slowing them down? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know there, there's ways that you can affect, affect change. You know, there's ways that you can, you can do that job. And, and, um, and, and that's the thing that kind of ticked me off, like after getting out of uniform and having conversations with law enforcement, is that when it comes to these shootings, they were like, oh, it's justified. It was justified because of X, Y, Z. Well, okay, but you also have police officers who, who was sicking dogs on black people during the civil rights movement because they were um, enforcing segregation laws. Yeah. Were the police officers legal in what they did? Absolutely, because they were enforcing laws. But those laws were wrong, you know? And, and that's kind of how well, you have to look at it, you know, when it comes to defending and looking at these things, you know? And I think that's, that's the problem. Part of the conversation is like what we're having here, but also kind of is, is just looking at, and I think that's what's happening now is that you look at the, the, what happened with that um, the officer with George Floyd and you're like, what he did was wrong. You know, you can sit there and say like, oh, he shouldn't have had him in that position. Like, okay, you know, yeah. I mean, I, like I, I've, been, I've been taught how to take people down and get him in, and get him um, subdued to put cuffs on him, but I was never taught to sit on his neck for nine minutes. No. You know? No. So yeah, it's a I missed training. that chapter. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely an issue with, with training, but it's also an issue of like looking at it and saying like, okay, did you do the right thing? You know, mm -hmm. like don't don't sit there and say like, oh, well, he was combative and he was big and he was this and he was that. Like, bottom line is that guy did not have to do that. And all the other officers that were around him that watched him need, see him kneel kneel on him for nine minutes, they they're gonna back the blue and they're just like, you do you. I'm gonna keep these people away. Well, sometimes you got to look at your guys, too, and see, like, okay, is he doing the right thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, I think that the biggest thing, like you said, is just that, you know, people got to grow from their initial cognitive dissonance of saying, like, I, I don't, I don't want to hear this, you know? And, and this will be my, my last point, because, you know, you brought up a good point with that. The, um, when, when Black Lives Matter first came out, and everybody's, the, the retort was always all lives matter. And people still say, but the problem that get, the problem that killed me with this, and I think that's what the cognitive dissonance said in, is that I say black lives matter, somebody else say all lives matter. And I'm like, you're right, all lives matter. So you do agree that black lives matter. And their mm -hmm. only response is all lives matter. Well, that's where the cognitive dissonance set in because they, it's like, yeah. you don't want to even extend the conversation. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm sitting, I'm agreeing with you that yes, all lives matter, but let's talk about this particular thing. And that's yeah. when they shut down. You know, and, and it's, it's sad that it's taken 13 years to get to this point, but at least we've gotten to a point where I think a lot of people are seeing that, that, okay, we need to do, we need to change how things have been done. 
you know. Yes. And we need to affect some, which which rolls into our next topic that you you mentioned, defund the police. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, again, I'm gonna throw it to you because you opened up with talking about like the jobs that police are doing mm-hmm. aside from just law enforcement. If you want to touch on that a little bit, I'm gonna bring the, the back to uh, beyond real quick, just to go touch ahead. on one thing. Um, so I think there's an an issue again with the media that they're the right or whatever on the other the opposing side, not really opposing because whatever, opposing views, mm-hmm. if you will, um, are seeing the very negative of BLM and neural, or generalizing it is that all BLM, BLM is like that. When mm-hmm. again, it's not the case, just like the, like you said, not all cops are bad. Right. And that's what I think people are having an issue with on both sides, with the far, far left or the far, far BLM, all cops are bad. Right. Get rid of all cops. That's right. not the issue. Not all cops are bad. Right. It's just, again, complex issue, a lot of moving parts, mm-hmm. more training, and again, now we can roll and defund the police. Oh, right. Did you want to talk about, what were you going to say? The, well, you, you mentioned that you talked about how, like, you know, the, the whole, like, defund the police movement and how many jobs police are doing outside of the job that you should be doing. You know, yes. So like yes. Going that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, right now I'm in, you know, I'm in a specialized unit. Right. Uh, I'm not going to say which one because, you know, security. Uh, but I mean, from a day to day basis, you can be coming, you can be a, uh, a, a therapist, a security guard, uh, just pulling somebody over for traffic, DUI. It, the list of jobs that a cop has to do is a little overwhelming in larger cities. Obviously, in, in some areas, they're not doing nearly as much. Mm-hmm. But in a city like Baltimore, when there's so many people, or New York City, when there's so many people, they just have to take on so much. And then there's just only so much training that they can get without never being able to actually work the road. Right. And then to roll straight into the defund the police. At first I was like, what? Why would you defund the police? Doesn't mean any sense. And again, didn't I did some research and was educated by some people, uh, my cousin actually. Um, it's not defund the police altogether. Yeah. Now that has happened. It happened in uh, Camden. Camden, yeah. 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 They, yeah, they completely did away with the department and then brought almost all of the officers back in mm-hmm. and then i think the i don't know i, I should have just some research on it but the uh the crime rate went down drastically yep yeah I, I could tell you what it was there was a, there was a significant drop in the use of force yes when it, when it came back yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah and then i'm sure they probably got more training mm-hmm. and they probably allocated funds to something else and then i saw uh i think it was baltimore city they're um solution is a uh kind of like a hotline mm-hmm. for um social workers so yeah. more social workers and then if somebody has, is having an issue they can call this hotline and then a social worker or somebody of that effect will come out instead of a cop because again a lot of training lack of training and lack of knowledge i was listening to this i was listening to this podcast and this and a guy brought up a very good point he said you can you can find the average kid who can barely talk but can dial numbers knows what number to dial to get a person with a gun to respond i.e a police officer 
But me, as a 40-year-old, relatively intelligent man, I don't know what number to call to get somebody to respond to somebody who's having a mental issue. Mm-hmm. like a social worker and, and and i would i would i would venture to say that you could probably go down the street and pick 10 people at random and maybe nine of them won't know how you know what number to call to get somebody who's having a, a serious psychological issue for somebody to respond you know yeah we all know how to call 911 yeah you no know? and that's and that's a problem you know yes like, <laughs> we don't need and, and you know it's all about like that mental mindset. Like, you know, the, the presence that an officer brings to something is going yeah. to escalate it. It's not going to just de-escalate it. It's going to escalate it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because just like you and I know, no matter what call you respond to, there's always one gun on the scene. At a minimum. Sometimes yeah. you're rolling out there with a long gun, a shotgun, and a pistol, and yeah. you're responding to a dog, a parent, like... I got called one time, you know, just, I can talk about my past, like, you're still in it, but I got called one time, parents called us up because they were having an argument with their child, who was 11, and I guess the, the, the son hit the mom or something like that, so they called us, and three of us responded out there, but, and I was patrol supervisor, and I'm like, what do you want me to do? You want me to arrest your son? You know, but but we didn't have, but we don't, you know, we don't have the resources to call social work or anything like that. So essentially, like stripping everything away, it's like you had a dispute between two parents and their 11-year-old son. And ultimately what happened is three other people showed up who had one, two, three, five guns to respond to your 11-year-old child that you don't have any. And I'm like, this isn't my job. But what do we do? Right. You know, like, what are yeah. we supposed to do? And, and, and I think that's the, the um, you know, I, I was expecting this to be a debate, <laughs> but, but I'm glad, but you, but you, but you see, you like, and the reason I say I expect this to be a debate because, I, like, since Defund the Police has come out, I've had a lot of discussions with it, and a lot of people just shut down, like, well, what are you going to do? You can't have cops. I'm like, you need to look into the issue a little bit more. I'm telling yeah. you, that it's not about that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and ultimately, what I'm saying is, like, this will help the police. You know, yeah. I, I would much rather, and I'm sure you would much rather be out there doing your job, patrolling, you know, all yeah. of that stuff, other than responding to calls like, you know, dogs, yeah, dogs loose, <laughs> you know, all, all kind of stuff. Control I mean, your kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just simple stuff like, again, you know, one of the things you mentioned, the majority of calls that, that, that you respond to are like usually taking reports, you know, mm-hmm. either a traffic accident or stolen property theft or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you actually need a fully geared up patrol officer to show up just to take a simple report that they're going to come back? You know what I'm saying? You could be out there patrolling and, and instead you have, you know, somebody else that comes in and their job is literally just to walk, go out there and take a report. Fill out this form here. Give me the information. Come down to the station in 24 hours. You can get a copy. Of it, you know, mm-hmm. while you're out there doing, you know, doing something else, you know, and, and, and it's just about allocating those funds to better programs, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that will ultimately help people out of community, you know? I mean, yeah. Um, it, back to your point about the, uh, you thinking it was going to be a, a, a debate. Yeah. Um, I feel like, again, it, initially, initially when I first heard it, I had that, you know, knee-jerk reaction, wait, no, there's no yeah. way. Yeah. And it's just lack of communication and lack of knowledge. So, you know, if, if other people out there, if anyone's actually ever going to listen to this, <laughs> Educate yourself on the topic before you even open your mouth. Yeah, it's really what it comes down to. If you if you want to if you are so negative against something, look at it, 
do some research, actual research. Don't just go on Facebook because right. that's only going to lead you down a rabbit hole. Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, you can go from there. But yeah. And another thing about the, uh, <laughs> that you brought about parents, uh, it's very disheartening when I'm walking around yeah. and, a kid, and a parent will come up to me with their kid or they're walking with their kid and they'll say, um, and they'll tell their kids, uh, the cop's going to give you if you don't behave. No, 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 please don't. And I, I will, I will actually speak out and be like, no, do not tell your son that or your daughter that yeah. or your kid that, cause you know, gender specific. Um, cause that's, that's setting a horrible example that you should fear the police. Yeah. You should never fear the police. Yeah. We are here to help you. Yeah. Now I will, I will say in some instances, in some areas, you're going to fear the police just because again, lack of training. Yeah. Or you're just in a rough area where those cops just suck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you, you brought up another thing about the, uh, about like a, just a plain suit, just coming to take a report. Mm-hmm. A lot of this, the, the COVID thing that's going around, more, um, a lot of bigger agencies, a lot of like, I think Baltimore City did it. They're doing online reporting for like, you know, theft and like all, yeah. all the stuff that isn't like, you know, somebody getting stabbed. Right, right, right. So I feel like after this, I feel like it may, it may, in reality, it should right. stay with that. Right. If you have something like a small theft, just report it online. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you know, but that's, what, and that's I think that's the thing that also goes with with like defund the police and training and, and everything is that, like, if you're going to invest in something, I think that you that we should be investing in infrastructure like that, you know, where where people can do it as opposed to new MRAPs or or yeah. you know armored vehicles or and, and stuff like that. Like, I, I mean, I get it that there, yes, there are certain instances. I'm not like because there's a whole nother debate that I've had with people like the militarization of the police. And, yeah. and, you know, there are, there are some definite concerns with it, but I do as former law enforcement recognize that there are times where you might want to have this equipment in the wings, you know, yes. I'll have, I'll have that debate and I'll, I'll stand by that, you know, um, mm-hmm. with people. but I don't think that there needs to be millions of dollars of funding year by year by year to go into stuff like that when there should be an investing in, like you said, that kind of infrastructure, investing in people to come and do recertification training um, on, on officers for other things. You know, like I, I get in, I get into talks with people and I'm like, you know, as a police officer, at a minimum, you're qualifying twice a year on your pistol. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going out there shooting twice a year. But how many times are you required to do a recertification on verbal de-escalation? You know, yeah. how many times are you required to do a um, recertification on unarmed self-defense? You know, but, you know, there, there are guys, I still got former law enforcement on my Facebook that will post their target from the mm-hmm. range because they're so I, I feel like I know who you're talking about. You might know who I'm talking about. Like, exactly. yeah, right. We'll post, like, like, I know what y'all qualification is all the time because that target will go up there. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that's cool, that's fine. But you know, I know that guy, I love that guy, he's nice, he's a nice dude, but you know, and, and he and he can sweet talk some people. So I, I know he's he's got the he's got the gift the gift of gab, but mm-hmm. I know that he's not you, there's no certification for that. You no. know. And, and and that's the thing is that like, you know, these departments should be investing in things like that, you know, and I think cities should be investing with that. If you could take if you got a if you got a department that has a a um a one hundred and ninety three million dollar budget and you take 
you know, three million dollars out of that budget, and they say, well, we want to take this and we're going to invest this into social programs. We're going to invest this into training for social workers and law enforcement, cross training law enforcement on this. You're still running with 190 million dollars in your budget. Mm -hmm. So what if three million went to this over here? You know, mm -hmm. and I think that's where what we need to go to. I, I was uh, I pulled this up, and um, so after. After the riots in 1960, during the um, uh, like during the civil rights movement, when things really got really got bad, they had some. Um, there was the summer of '60, which they called the summer of love, but mm -hmm. but not for black people. <laughs> it, it was there was a whole lot of riots. They did a commission called the Kerner Commission, and they basically did a report and they made suggestions on how they could change law enforcement moving forward to to go in, to help prevent some of these arrests and um, in in excessive force that was happening. So some of the things that they recommended were like demilitarization, sound familiar? <laughs> this is from 1960. Demilitarization, reinvesting in marginal communities, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they had this guy, Kenneth Clark, who's a social scientist, come and testify for the commission. And what, what he said, and I thought this was interesting, it is kind of like Alice in Wonderland with the same movie picture reshown over and over again and the same analysis and the same recommendations and the same inaction. Mm -hmm. It's like they literally, from 1919, 1935, 1943, 1965, same commissions, same response, no change. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's Einstein that said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting, yep. you know, yeah. it, it's so, you know, I think we, you know, we, we definitely need to do that. I'm not saying, I think defund the police and, and what they're proposing is a great move, but there are other things that are out there. Um, what worked in Camden might work in other departments. It might not, you know. But but I think that there there definitely needs to be a, a starting uh, some kind of change, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you can go into like the history of law enforcement. I, I've been looking into some of that stuff. Like a lot, like the uh, I think it was St. Louis. A lot of departments, especially police departments in the South, were literally born out of slave um, slave patrols. So like the guys that would go out to, you know, get um, to get slaves that ran off, those are like the first law enforcement agencies in the United States. And then law enforcement kind of, the, these agencies kind of came from that. And then after uh, going from slave patrols, then they started going into like, you know, segregation and enforcing Jim Crow laws and everything. So you have this deep rooted history of, um, of white supremacy in law enforcement. I'm not saying that that is translated, but when you move into some even some democratic policies with like over with um zero tolerance policies end up flooding black communities and marginalized communities with police officers and, and it started it, so you have this ingrained culture of distrust from black communities to law enforcement and this mentality from law enforcement that this is the community that i need to be policing you know mm -hmm. and, and i think that we there needs to be a fundamental shift in how that how that is and, and if it's defunding and stripping it down and starting it back up, that might be the way to go, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think, ultimately, I don't think defunding is going to take money out of, out of anybody's pocket. You could defund, uh, defund the police, change the budget, send, send, some, uh, send money over to somebody else. Your checking will change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. you might lose a little bit of overtime, but ultimately, like, I'm sure you would maybe want to lose overtime rather than having to respond to, like, eight dog calls and mm -hmm. you know, some other BS that y'all might have to, you know? Yeah. Uh, do you want to go into uh, mask or do you have anything else to say about defund? Um, no, no, not really. I mean, I think, I think we touched on, uh, we pretty much knocked out, you know, everything with, with defund. Um, 
Yeah, we can go into mass. <laughs> I'll let you. <laughs> I, got some, I got some rants. <laughs> oh man. Uh, what, what, well, I don't understand. Again, it come, comes back to that big, the, that big uh, million dollar word, cognitive distance. Why people are thinking that this is the like this? I had it. I keep seeing it, and it, it again. Some uh, cousins of mine showed me a study that the right media and the right, more right wing you are, is the more likely you are against wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. uh, people are stupid. <laughs> I had a, I had a conversation with somebody on Facebook, and again, I try to keep them short because I'm not going to argue with them on Facebook. There's no point. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're eventually just going to keep saying the same thing over and over again and not going to listen to me. Mm -hmm. So whatever. Um, but the, uh, he, he was like, I, I'm suffocating. I feel like I'm suffocating or I, I am suffocating in a mask. Um, can you breathe? <laughs> the, the, brother, then you, then you ain't suffocating. Right, 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 um, right. They're also made of cloth. Like, what are you wearing? A plastic mask that right. like suction cup to your face? <laughs> like you're an idiot. Uh, but there's, in every time somebody posts something, because people post shit all the time about how, you know, wearing masks are stupid and they're not doing anything. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm going to go find three, three different studies, three different things that prove you wrong. Right, right. I found, a, I, I found a CDC one, obviously, the big one. I found a Stanford study, mm -hmm. and I found a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. So I got three different sources, two yeah. reliable ones, and then, you know, one that's, you know, it's YouTube. But they all say the same thing, is that wearing a mask isn't about you getting it from somebody else. It's about you giving it. Yeah. It's all about you projecting. When you talk, you spit, whether you want to or not. Mm -hmm. um, it, I just, it, it's irritating as shit because I have a newborn, as do you. Mm -hmm. uh, well, yours is a little older than mine, but still generally new in the concept. Mm -hmm. um, and I see people all the time, they'll have their mask like below their nose. <laughs> like you do realize that does absolutely nothing, right? Nothing. nothing. The, the, nose, the nose puts out stuff too, the big guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh. Uh, Man, but it's just, it's just very disheartening that in America that we are so worried about us. I made a note. I, let me see if I can find it. Let's see. Oh, here you go. Uh, it's all about me instead of the greater good. So you're so worried about you, but fuck everybody else. Right. You know what I'm saying that's essentially what you're saying when you're not wearing a mask. Yeah. And then people, you know, you got the negative, the people on the other side, the opposing view. And maybe on a later podcast, we can have somebody on the opposing view. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> that they're like, uh, it's the government overreach. What? You have, the government gave you a social security number. You pay taxes. What? Right. You're retarded. Right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to use that word, but I'm you're not thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a mask. It's at the end of the day, it's a mask. Like, do it for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, you don't have to wear it all the time. It's just when you're in a store or around a group of people. Right. And if that group of people decides that you don't want to wear a mask, well, then all right, then you all can get it. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll kick you off to you since I'm sure you have many rants because your wife is in the medical field. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's a social, like, like, first of all, just like you said, it's social contract. You know, the social contract is, is the understanding that I am going to do this to help you out. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm gonna make sure it, it does, and that's the thing. I don't care if I got tested, and I'm. I'll, I'll, I, 
I'm gonna, this, this is my, we'll say I, I have two political statements. <laughs> I'll call people out by, by name. And this is going to be one of them. The first one is like when Mike Pence said, well, I get tested regularly. He so said his name, said his name. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, like I said, I, I got two. I can say, oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Two. Where, where, where Pence said, I get tested regularly and not my staff does. That's why I didn't wear it. Like, it doesn't matter. It's still the social, it's still a social contract that, yeah. that, you're, that you're saying that I understand that I might not be having any symptoms and I might be safe, but I'm going to wear this mask to protect you. And I expect you to do the same thing for me, you know, mm-hmm. because regardless of that, you and I here on this, or on a Zoom call, you know, we're having this conversation and I know you got a baby at home, you might be protected. You know, I got a baby at home, I might be protected. But we still ain't meeting face to face and talking. You know, because there's still that understanding, that social contract that I'm not going to put your family at risk and I expect you to do the same thing, you know. And, exactly. and, and I do I do agree, like I said, you looked up the, the, the studies and I don't know why the right has made this such a political issue and, and have latched onto it. I do feel like that's the core of it. Is I mean, that, I feel like, no, sorry, I didn't mean it. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I feel like it's, again, there's one big person. Yeah. Got a big head. Yeah. And then also the media. Mm-hmm. They were pushing it and obviously going off of what he said that they're not 100% proof or they're, you know, this and that. And also the fact that, you know, this isn't a big issue, that it's not a, um, it's not as bad as bad as everyone thinks it is. Right. Or we're doing so great. Uh, what? Um what? Yeah. Have you looked at Florida? Right. <laughs> They're pumping those numbers up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, I just, it's very frustrating yeah. that at the end of the day, it's just a mask. It's like, and, and ultimately, I, like I was, I was listening to, um, I think it was um, Fauci, but somebody was saying that, like, if if we wore a mask, if the country just, you, all, everybody in the country started wearing a mask, we'd get it under control, and we would have a quicker time being able to open up the economy. So even if it's an economic thing, like you still have a better chance. Like if we if we seriously went with social distancing, wearing masks, and doing the right thing, we can get COVID at least under control. Not mm-hmm. even about flattening the curve, just getting under control to the point where we can actually, op- you know, open up the economy. But but you still have people that are fighting that are fighting against it. And and yeah. in the life of me, I like you said, I don't understand. Like we're talking about wear a mask for ten minutes while you're in Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure you and I have been in mop four way longer than <laughs> 10 minutes. You know, I, I mean, if yeah, anybody, yeah, you know, full gas mask, yeah. Kim, Kim, Kim suit, like, like I got uh, smoked in one. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I mean, it's like, you know, you're just, it's like people just, just ask you, just wear, wear a mask. I mean, and, and like you said, we got people, my wife, um, you know, I see she works in, works in healthcare, she works in administration and, um, and, and safety and you know she, her big thing looking at people like you have to they have double masks sometimes like they wear a surgical mask a mask on top of that and full face uh and full face guards you know like and that's for a 12-hour shift you know I, matter of fact, I, I give you another example for for the longest time and because like people were like oh i have medical issues or or whatever my wife was allergic to eggs so she couldn't get the flu shot so for the entire flu season, while she worked on the floor, for her entire 12-hour shift, she had to wear a mask because mm-hmm. even though, because she couldn't get the flu shot, so they didn't want, you know, anybody that couldn't get the flu shot, they don't want you to pass the flu on to somebody else. 
So she had to wear a mask for 12 hours for the entire, like that's months that she would do it. And I'm like, yo, and I told her when this, this thing first jumped off, I was like, I went to work and I wore my mask for an hour and my ears were killing me. I do not know how you did it for 12. She's like, it's just what you have to do. You know, mm-hmm. and that just, that kind of just, if I ever wanted to complain about it, <laughs> that, that, shut, that shut me up right there. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely a political thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I was thinking, I was going to like, you know, for whatever reason, they made that a rallying cry, uh, a sign um, that they're not going to do it. You know, like it's government, like you said, government infringement on rights. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't Yeah, know. like the, uh, well, we're saying it's just a mask. The the opposing side is saying the exact same thing. It's just a mask, but then this 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 this. The government's going to do this this, but but they're not. At the end of the day, the the government is saying it, and I don't even think there's been really an enforcement. The only people who are enforcing it are the businesses. Yeah, I believe. I don't think I haven't. At least I haven't seen any any governments coming down and saying they have been saying you have to wear a mask, but no no law enforcement's like if you don't wear a mask, I'm going to rescue. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's the case. I think where the government influence is that the government is, is enforcing it on the businesses. So if your yeah. businesses aren't um, complying with the, with the rule, then they can shut the business, they can shut the business mm-hmm. down. But like yeah. I said, I mean, that, that, like, okay. And here's my issue, you know, just going, just, you know, getting into politics a little bit when it, when it comes to like, you know, right versus left or big government versus small government. I'm a firm believer in maybe not necessarily big government, but I think that the government is there for a reason. The government, mm-hmm. like you have, you have look like, like, you're looking at it like law enforcement wise you have local law enforcement that, that that enforces local laws because they are down on the ground like states and stuff like that mm-hmm. but you ultimately have to have a federal um body that sees the big picture and yeah. i think that's where the government where the government comes in and yeah I, I think that there should be government influence and they should be you know putting in some kind of restrictions because people mm-hmm. are going to be dumb clearly <laughs> you're yeah. leaving to their devices they're going to be dumb and they're going to they're going to do, do stuff you yeah. know and and, and and I will um I'll throw this out here out here as you know since we've been pretty good and not having controversial topics, it, there's a black white issue too um, because I feel like some of these people who are are opposing the mass have never really felt what it feels like to be told what to do, to to have to walk a certain line, to have to code switch, to have to have to do that. Like they they've never really felt any sort of if you want to for lack of a better term oppression. You know, where some of us have have had to code switch. Code, have you ever, have you ever heard of some code switching? Mm. Okay, so no. code switching in a black community is like there are there's ways that I would talk at home with my family, and there's mm. ways that I would have to professionally talk at work, and there's mm. ways that I have to carry myself at work and, and and possibly not say certain things or act a certain way as not to be perceived as something else. You know, so um, and, and it's just it's just a reality of life that a lot of us have that a lot of us have to deal with, and and I think that it's when you have and I'm not saying this is for all the anti-maskers, but I think a lot of them have never felt what it feels like to have the government telling you what to do, whereas some of us have that in our it's in our DNA from mm-hmm. the state that my father's gone through, that my grandfather's gone through, that I felt that I felt and so on and so forth. I understand that okay. You know, I need to. I need, I might need to do this for the greater good. You know, mm-hmm. or just so I don't have to deal with X, Y, and Z. You know, uh, and yeah. I think that that is a a a, a section of that anti-masker movement, which which is rolling into that. But ultimately, I, I do think it's a political thing, and they're you know the people that are are behind it. They're you know 
they're they're on the Fox News kick with with, with Tucker and Hannity, and they're, mm-hmm. they're like, no, I'm not wearing a mask. Okay, just wear a mask for like a couple hours, you know, or yeah. don't go out, stay your ass in the house, you know. Yeah. But anyone want to see your ugly ass anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to <clears throat> to you know oppose your opinion on the all the people I've seen, at least on my Facebook, mm-hmm. the people I've talked to have been all been military. Mm-hmm. They've all had military experience or all served in the military. Mm-hmm. So they were told what to do by the government at some point. Mm-hmm. And I do, I'm, I'm 100% sure there are people that are opposing this because they've never been told what to do by the government and also probably anyone really, mm-hmm. uh, if it boils down to it. Uh, rich, full of white kids. <laughs> but I will say there was the one, my one rant, I, um, <clears throat> went to pick up some cupcakes um, for we were having having a party. Mm-hmm. It's the place that we went into. Um, well, we weren't having a party. It was a gender reveal, and I was picking up some cupcakes for them. I want to say like this whole anti-masking thing, but yeah, I'm having parties. No, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but anyway, went to pick up went to pick up cupcakes. The store had you know little dots set up. Stand here, stand here, stand here, or whatever. It's six feet apart. So I go in. I got my mask on. I'm standing in the corner. I'm looking at the menu. And I see this woman walk in, and I'm going to say her race because, you know, um, to, to oppose my, my previous comment. She was black, younger. She came in, and she's looking at the menu, and she asked a question. She didn't have a mask on. And the guy behind the counter was like, well, do you have a mask? Mm. Now, this was two weeks ago. I'm not talking, like, beginning of the, the epidemic. Like, literally, mm-hmm. like, two weeks ago. And he's like, do you have a mask? And she's like, oh, no, it's in the car. Better get your ass back in there. <laughs> I, so looking at her like, and your next statement is you're going to the car. And he's, and then she's like, oh, do you want me to get it? So the guy, bless his heart, he's like, oh, I'll go in the back. I'll get you a mask. Cool. So she goes in the back, gets a mask, hands it to her, and she's still standing there without the mask on. And, and I'm on the phone with my wife because I got my earbuds in because I didn't want to take my phone out or anything. I'm on the phone with my She's asking me about the cupcakes. And I'm like, baby, I can't even talk right now because... I'm looking at, like, I'm at the point where I'm about to flip out on her, you know? Because, like, you, I'm sitting there thinking, like, if you cough, if I get COVID, I'm going to hunt you down. <laughs> Facts. So, so she, ended up, they, she ended up stepping up to the register. He asked her about the mask. She ended up putting it on right before she walked out the door. Like, I'm in, <laughs> and so, so the, in my rant, like, the thing that got me with this, I'm like, where have you been for the last three months? Like, like what? Like, are you not watching the news or TV? Have you nope. not been in any other store? Like, what are you thinking? That you just like, oh, I'm just gonna look at this menu and like, oh, I'll get the the, the uh, oatmeal. No, what are you talking about? So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand the whole anti mask thing, man. It, it's like, like just watch the news, know what's going on yeah. in the world, and just throw the mask, you know. <laughs> So yeah, I have a rant to go to go go with that. Uh, So you know, I'm a gym rat. Love the gym. As soon as they opened the gym back up, I was like, "Fuck yeah, Yeah, yeah. I'm at the gym. Let's do this." Right. Uh, I ran to the gym that day, and being the good—I'm not gonna say good Samaritan because I'm sometimes a piece of shit. But I wore a mask. I ran to the gym, and as soon as I got to the gym, sweating my ass off, I put a mask on. Right. Got in the gym. So the gym rule is you have to wear a mask, which the logic behind this is 
so flawed. <laughs> you have to wear a mask into the gym, scan in, and then you can go do your workout. But when you get to where you're going in the workout, like like the bench or whatever, you can take your mask off. Um, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, whatever. That doesn't make any sense. So I kept my mask on the whole time. And I, mind you, I'm the only dude in the whole entire gym that has his mask on throughout the workout. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. I'll save all y'all. No big deal. <laughs> and then I see workers, like the, the two, they have people cleaning constantly, which is, which is good. Yeah. Uh, but they should be wearing their mask correctly. Mm-hmm. Again, back to that, uh, pulling the whole yeah, nose out. Like, what, what are you doing? What, yeah. That doesn't, you, what? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, back to the whole, I guess, greater good, uh, not greater good, but the greater topic of COVID and why maybe mask, uh, to caveat off with the mask is that some people are, there. there's not many people dying and that they all, everyone opposing the mask and on the other side is like, oh, it's not that bad. The flu, sometimes the flu has been worse than what it, the COVID has been, or at least that's what they're saying. Again, I haven't done that much research on the full numbers, all the actual numbers, but CDC will tell you what the actual numbers are. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also the issue of the CDC numbers having miscounted mm-hmm. and that some states are reporting deaths to COVID that weren't actual deaths to COVID. They were due to some, it was an underlying issue. And I guess that's the, another issue is that COVID is so new and really no one really knows that much about it to be a hundred percent sure. Right. But you know, my issue with that is that like, I, cause I've heard that argument too. And, and it's like, even if they had an underlying issue, that underlying issue was exasperated because of COVID. If yeah. they didn't have COVID, then, you know, you might have somebody that had, that already had a respiratory issue, mm-hmm. but they had COVID and that exasperated respiratory issue was killed. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was reported to COVID. But, mm-hmm. but, but so you have people that, that want to make that argument. It was like, Oh, well, you know, they died of a heart failure. Well, yeah, they died of a heart failure because they couldn't breathe because they had COVID, you know. Yeah, which puts stress on their heart. Right, right. So, so you know, like, yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah, like the flu, like initially when it, when it came out, yes, the flu is, was, is, does kill thousands of people um, of every year. But we have, I think we're hitting 100,000 that infected a day on this. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you. I know some heart, somebody personally that died of COVID. And okay. yeah, I'm sorry. And and he was he was uh, went to, went to college with him and went to high school. He was my um actually my football coach. Um, mm-hmm. and when I was at in high school, and he was he was in college at the time, so he was like you know I think like five years ahead of me or something mm-hmm. like that. But I knew him when I got to Howard as well. And um, like I said, I'm I'm 40. I think he was 50. Wife, two kids, healthy, but he's a pharmacist working on the front line. Got COVID. Um, I saw the Facebook post that he had COVID, was in the hospital, you know, we sent prayers out. Um, then another post like, hey, he's off the respirator, but has, uh, has pneumonia, the doctor's with him. A week later, post it, passed away, you know? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I'm like, so when I hear people talk about like, oh, it's just people who are, you know, underlying conditions or whatever, you don't, you don't know. No. You don't know. It, it, anybody, anybody can get it, you know? Yeah. Um, my wife works in pediatrics and you know you got kids that are that are getting infected um and some are recovering but the thing with the with COVID and with younger kids is that 
and I, I, she can speak on it better than me, there is another um, infection that mm -hmm. in, gets into the kids months later. Yeah. Yeah, you heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, damn. I don't know. What that, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But another another opposing view, opposing view to all this whole bullshit is that, oh, kids aren't getting it. There's not that many kids getting it. Kids aren't dying from it. But what? And I, I had a discussion, a lively discussion with a fellow uh, cop, good buddy of mine, um, also has a young child. And he's saying that kids aren't getting it. He's opposing mask. He, he's saying that, well, why do we have to wear masks? What? I'm doing it to protect my child, and you should do it to protect yours. Wow. He's like, no, but kids aren't getting it. What? 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 Or kids aren't dying from it, I think, is that what he said. I may be misquoting, but it's essentially, it's, and that's what the opposing view is, that kids aren't dying of it, dying from it. I'm sorry, but I don't want my kids to go through anything, any kind of pain. That's the thing. Right. I, I feel like a lot of people aren't aren't thinking about that. And I, I, you know, the, again, opposing views, all the people I'm seeing who are against it, some of them, most of them don't have kids. Yeah. There are some that do. And again, at the end of the day, I'm like, why, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that to your kid? Yeah. I, I will do anything to protect my my kids. Literally anything. Yes. Literally, if it, a fucking mask, all right, cool. It's a fucking mask. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. Like it. It just. I don't know. It's very disheartening that the world that we're in, and again, whole I guess to bring in the uh, to bring in all discussions. That since we're going to fatherhood, that's our next topic. Yeah, we'll touch on it a little bit because it's already 444. <laughs> um, is that America is at the end of the day is is a good country, and people are like, "Oh, make America great again." That fucking that that slogan. I agree with it, and the fact that America should be great again, but there's so many issues that we have to work through in order to get there. And if you're so ignorant or so trying to think of a good term so uh one-sided mm -hmm. whether it be far left or far right and no one's talking yeah no one's no one's doing this yeah or i yeah. should say not no one because i'm sure there are yeah but not not enough people yeah, yeah. and again if, if I, feel, I feel like this whole uh podcast has been a uh us agreeing on pretty much everything. <laughs> so yeah. our title, our title may have to change. <laughs> but I'm sure podcast down the road, we will, we will disagree. Um, the uh, people need to talk. At the end of the day, everyone needs to talk. If you don't talk, then we're gonna have fucking the country's gonna shut the fuck down. Yeah, yeah. Because people up in the government, and another another uh, topic for a uh, podcast would be a. Um, I, I want to say, I guess politicians, mm -hmm. politicians as a whole, mm -hmm. um, yeah, how they suck. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then another topic would be uh, uh, parties, like left and right, Democratic, Republican. Yeah. And we can discuss that one day. Because um, yeah. I don't think, at the end of the day, I, I have some right views, but I also have some left views. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hate that there's a left and right. Why can't we just fucking... Why can't we just be American? Yeah. But also at the end of the day, there's how many people in America? Like 386 million. There's a shit ton of people in America. Not as many as China, because that's crazy. Yeah. But we're all not going to agree, and that's fine. But we should all agree to 
be better as people. Yeah. And better our country. Yeah. Um, my rant's over. No, there's, a, there's a poem that, that I want to send you. And, and if you like it, we can talk about it in the next one. Um, it's from Langston Hughes. And I, I was just listening to it the other day. I, and I can't remember the title of it. But it's, it's, it's almost like a make, like make America Great Again. But his view when he wrote it during the Harlem Renaissance was like, basically talked about the dream of America and that we haven't really um, met that dream, but he wants us to, you know, like, it, and it, it's, it's very inspirational. It, it's, it, like I said, it's, it's, it talks about, you know, a lot of, the, some of the bad that, that, that has come from the country and just in, in how we haven't um, truly reached the dream or the promise of America, but, but we need to fight to do that. You know, and I think that, that this is, um, a good way to do that. They're having this conversation, you know, um, and, and meeting. And like you said, you know, this one, we touched on some, some um, uh, topical issues, but we didn't disagree. You know, it didn't, it didn't turn into a rant or argument or, or whatever. And, you know, like I said, later on, we might, we might get into it, you know, talking about politics and parties and, and stuff like that. Um, because I'll tell you right now, I, I, I like the party system. Um, and, and I'll, and we, like I said, we'll get into it on, on why I believe in it and why I think it works for, for the country. I think that it's become corrupted at this point. We probably agree on that part, but, um, but, but as far as the two party system goes, or, or, or if you want to say three, well, three party or whatever, I mean, I definitely, um, there are a lot of things that I agree with about that. Um, I, you know, I'm going to say this, um, I know we're going to be get, you know, we were talking about getting into father, but I think we should end here. You know, this, this is a good, um, uh, I think a good, good ending with, um, you know, wrapping everything up, you know, mm -hmm. so right. to agree and we get table, you know, talking about the new things of fatherhood and sleep training and everything, uh, next time, you know, yeah. we get a little more heated. That might be something to break it down. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. This was Vantage Point. Next, our next week topics are going to be BLM revisit. We're going to be talking about rebranding of the Washington football team and also police culture. Again, thanks for listening. This has been Vantage Point.